You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone willy or clone pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. And thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, everybody. First things first, I gotta give a shout out to some of our awesome patrons who keep the light shining on this show, who keep the bright light shining on Disability After Dark. And for that today, I want to give a shout out to Callista Marie, who pledges $1 a month to get the show one day early and completely ad-free on our Patreon site, as well as a sexy, awkward shout out for me. So here it is, Callista Marie... You are very, very cool for your pledge. Thank you so much for being so cool, Calista Marie. If you want to pledge to the show and keep the light shining on the show like this and get the show one day early and completely ad-free, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash disability after dark. And you can pledge as little as $1 a month, up to $5 a month or more, 
as well as a yearly amount. If that works for your budget, you can do all the things. So feel free to support the show financially if you can. And if you can't do it financially, please also support the program via the review on your podcast catcher. Leave us a star or a note. That will be very helpful for getting the show continually noticed. So thank you. Just another quick part of housekeeping that I want to tell you all about. I'm so excited that you heard me say that our episode of the new series I want to produce called Cripology is dropping, and it is dropping this Monday, August 30th at 10 a.m., and I am so excited because I finally finished the first one. It's done, and I am excited to share with you that the first episode of Cripology will be all about changelings and disabilities. So we're going to look at the history and the mythology of changelings and show how disability was connected there. So I'm so excited for you to hear this series. Stay tuned and get ready. It's pretty exciting. And I'm excited to bring you different cool shows like this and cool stuff right within the Disability After Dark feed. I'm excited and you should be too. Get ready. But now, let's get to the show today. On the show today, I sit down with my new friend, disabled children's author, Samantha Van Alstein. And she is really cool, and we sit down and talk to her about her new book called Hi, I'm I'm Sam, and why she wrote this book for the children in her life to explain disability and why she feels like that's important. We also talk about her experiences feeling like she really doesn't connect with the disabled community and why that is and how she doesn't really know if she's part of the disabled community or not and how she feels like she's not disabled enough sometimes. We have that whole discussion. And also, she reads us a copy of her brand new children's book live on the air in this episode. And I thought that was really cool. And I think it's really cool that she is a disabled author talking about disability and wanting to write books for kids around disability and wanting to put this out there. And so I'm so excited that she read the book for us live on the air. We then also talk about her experiences living in a group home and what that's like trying to live in a group home uh, and also have relationships and have privacy and have dates and all that stuff. There's a lot of things we talk about, but most excitedly, she reads us a copy of her new book And that's really cool. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as we talk about everything from feeling like she doesn't fit in to being a disabled author to living in a group home to trying to date all. So many things go on here. But it was a great, great episode. And I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, here's my episode with disabled children's author Sam Ben Ostein right here on Disability After Dark. Samantha Van Alstein, hello. Hi. Hi. It's so nice to have you on Disability After Dark. How are you today? Thank you for having me. Great to be here. I'm actually a fan of the show, so this is pretty cool. That's super nice. I remember when you emailed me, you were like, I let your email to me was so direct. You were like, I should be on the show. Here's why I'd be great. Thanks. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Also, I was like, well, all right. Very direct. I liked that. I mean, I figured why not shoot my shot. It was 100% of the shots don't take corny, but it's true. 
I mean, as well as soon as I got an email, it was so direct. I like giggled when I got it. I was like, wow, this person really wants to be on because usually like, usually it's, it's, it's me and the guest saying like, oh, I want to come on. I want to come on. And me having to be like, oh yeah, I'll look into how it's going to work and how we'll do it. But you were right away. It was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. We're going to hear what we're going to do. Like, it was yeah, very Yeah, like, I've obviously done some press for my book, but, like, I figured that since I am a fan of the show, we could make it work some way or another. And I'm so glad we did. Um, yes. Before we get into the awesomeness that is your book, because I have questions about it, I have... I have not read it. I've seen, I saw it on Amazon and I was like, cool. I want to know more. Uh, so right. we'll get it. We'll get into that. And in just a second, but before we do, can you describe yourself to the audience? I um, can. I am a light skinned white passing black woman. I have pink hair currently and a septum ring. And I'm also a wheelchair user, but you can't really see that because angle <laughs> audio format audio format but thank you for letting us know um um and can you also talk a little bit about what your disabilities are and how they yes. impact your day today i have cerebral palsy that's my main disability i don't know like the specifics to it i've never asked i just know that it's cp um and i have depression and anxiety and panic disorder so those are a fun combination cool and can you go first of all cp is the best of the palsies so don't feel too bad about that yes it is the sexiest of the palsies in case you haven't heard the sexiest of the sexiest it is the sexiest so anybody else has bell's palsy out there sorry cp went no i'm kidding um but can you tell me how cp um, well, I'm a wheelchair user, and I've been a wheelchair user full-time for 20 years now. I'm 25, um, but I currently live in a group residence in upstate New York, so I know you're in Canada, and most of your listener base is Canada. Actually, um, no. Really? Listener base is in the U.S., so, so but I myself yeah. am in Canada. Um, but yeah, I'm a wheelchair user and I have been for most of my life. Um, I don't walk, but I can independently transfer. So that's and cool. what And so like, what kind of, um, what, what kind of wheelchair user are you? Are you a power chair yeah, user? Yeah, I'm a power wheelchair user and it's got hydraulics and I'm due for a new one soon. Um, it's going Ooh, to be pink, exciting. my aesthetic. This is a question I didn't write down. Why do you like why do you like pink so much? I don't know. It makes me happy. Um, I started dyeing my hair pink in like September. Um, and I was like, you know, oh, what? cool. This makes me happy. Good for you. Especially in this weird ass time we're living in. Exactly. You gotta do the things that make you happy. That's totally awesome. Um yes. plus like um, the way I see it is if people are going to look at me for being a literary user anyway, they might as well also stare at me because my hair is a fun color. I mean, right? You might as well give them something to look at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Uh, what was I going to ask? There was, And so how does your, because I know that a lot of people with CP 
also live with depression and anxiety. Uh, me too. Hey. So Hi. How, do, how, how does the depression and anxiety play a role in your life? Um. See, I think my depression is hereditary. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, but it can also just be hella lonely sometimes because I am so high functioning. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, that I don't really feel like I relate to most disabled people. Like all of my friends oh. are able-bodied. My partner is able-bodied. That's um, interesting. Can you can you go into more like why don't you feel like you relate to disabled people? Okay, because I feel like I feel like I tell a weird line between too high functioning and well spoken for disabled people, like the average, like what most people like think of when they think of a dis- disabled person, um, and too disabled for the quote unquote normal people. So I feel like I'm a weird gray area. So you're like not disabled enough. Yeah. For any, you're not disabled enough and not able-bodied enough for either group. Yeah. And so, so like you feel. So like, does it make it hard for you to like build relationships with other disabled Sometimes, people? Sometimes, like, yeah, more? because like for a while, I genuinely didn't know if people were my friend because they wanted to be my friend or they feel sorry for me but luckily most of my friends are from like my childhood and beyond like I have a friend who's been best friends since we were in kindergarten um he's actually my first friend and we still keep in touch even though our lives have gone different directions oh that's cool um so like do but do you feel like you know you said you know you have trouble you said it can be hella lonely sometimes do you feel like you is there a part of you that might have some internalized ableism around like you know wanting to connect with other disabled people because I remember when I first started engaging with other disabled folks it was like now I'm now it's what I do and I love that community yeah I don't know I just don't like I've never really been not necessarily exposed to the disabled community but also not exposed to the disabled community because I was I went to mainstream school all my friends are able-bodied like I was raised quote-unquote average like both of my brothers are able-bodied so like it's just something I wasn't exposed to really like I have a few friends now that are um disabled but like most of my friends are able-bodied so the disabled community isn't really something I was exposed to and currently I don't really feel like I fit in is it some? Is it is it a community that you feel like yeah, you want to fit into? Yeah, it's something I would like to explore. How so? Like, in what ways would you want to explore? Um, like, I think more- this is really cool because, like, I like. Let me explain why I'm asking you all this stuff about this because I feel like, you know, so many of us with disabilities are already so entrenched in our disabled identity. Yeah. To meet somebody who's like, who's like, kind of, who's like, I'm disabled, but I'm not really part of the community yeah I'm say. not a part of the community I don't know that many details I would like to know more um but yeah because I was raised to be so average so to speak I don't know that much about the disabled community like I am entrenched in my identity but I'm also not if that makes so, any sense yeah so you have like one one foot inside and then one foot not really 
Yes. Cool. Like um, I said, I kind of just feel like I exist in a gray area where I'm not really able-bodied. I'm not really disabled. I'm just Sam. No, well, that's not a bad place to be. I mean, identity I is so exist. fluid. I mean, it's cool to just exist. Existing is that's, I mean, that's totally cool too. I mean, identity is so fluid that I think yeah. that when we, you know, for some of us calling ourselves to say, well, this is a point of pride for me. Like for instance, it's who I am. But yeah. I also like, think, I think it's cool that you, you are giving yourself the, like the freedom to like, to explore if that fits, if that fits for you, that's okay too. Yeah. Like I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of my disabled identity at all. It's just not something that like, I've had to be deeply entrenched in my entire life. Yes. I do want to come back to that because I feel like there's a lot to go over okay, there. Okay, yeah, there's... we can unpack that later. Um, but I want to go into... So the, so when you emailed me with your very direct email about why you should come on the show, the very first thing you said was, I wrote a book about disability and it's amazing and, <laughs> and here's why it's amazing. So you wrote a book called Hi, I'm Sam and it's yes, about... Yes, it's a children's book. Um. Okay, so do you want the story of how that happened? I want all of it. Tell me how. Tell me first of all. So tell me like why you decided to write a book about disability. Okay, so why I decided to write a book. Um, I've wanted to be an author since I got four sentences. Um, awesome. that's like the career I wanted. Like most people wanted to be a teacher, like a veterinarian. Nope. Sam wanted to be either an author or the president. <laughs> cool. Um, wow. Don't set the bar too high. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's why I wrote a book. And then how the inspiration came about was I'm an aunt of, we'll say five kids with two pending because there's two on the way. So a total of seven. Wow. So yeah, I have a lot of siblings. Wow. Um, so you, no, go ahead. Okay. So you, so you, you want to write this book kind of for them to like, yes, to learn because, so it started as a conversation with my oldest niece who is seven because um, they came with my dad and my stepmom to visit me at my group home. And we were outside having ice cream because it was like late September, early October. So it was pretty warm still. Um, so we were outside having ice cream and my niece looks at me and goes, auntie, how come you live here and not with grandpa? So they're asking the big questions. So I broke it down to aunties in a wheelchair. I have a disability that makes it difficult for me to walk. It's called cerebral palsy. Um, and how my niece took it was, oh, is it the same as breaking your leg? I was like, not really, baby, kind of, but no. So when they left, I sat down at my computer and I was like, you know what? Most kids don't have an Auntie Sam to break this down. To be like, this is what it is. This is who I am. And if you're like this, that's okay too. Because growing up as a young disabled kid, I'm sure you can relate. There isn't that representation in the media. Yeah, there isn't. I've never Uh, read a book other than my own about a kid with a disability. I mean, I know, I know, I know they're out there. Yeah, they exist, but like we don't talk about it. 
Yeah, and it's not. It isn't. It 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 often never gets like big, big public, but public media attention and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're getting so, some attention, so. Well, that, I mean, that's good. That's awesome. And that's how you landed here. So, yay. Uh, yeah. But tell me a little bit about, like, so you wanted to write this book for your Yeah, for, your for my goblin. Family. Yeah. Um, and when you were doing, when you were, like, prepping it and thinking about how you were going to make this story. Kind okay, of like so the a story teaching... itself took 10 minutes to write. Okay. Well, so what is the story? Um... I can actually grab a book and read it to you if you want. Yes, I want you to read the book to me. I would love it. Can I set you down somewhere while I grab a book? Yes. Okay. Disability After Dark listeners, we're going to get a live reading of the soon-to-be the soon-to-be released Hi, I'm Sam from the author themselves. This is going to be pretty epic. And I'm just talking a lot while Sam goes to get the book and reads it to me. So that's what I'm doing as we're doing that. So it's coming in a second, friends. This will be great. I think I have a copy on my phone actually, so I don't have to grab the actual book. Cool, but it works even better. Yes. Let me see. The joys of the Apple computer. Is that? Apple is the best. Okay. Um, Close that. Open. Okay, so it says the it's dedicated to my nieces and nephews. It says to my nieces and nephews, thank you for being the inspiration behind this book. Love, Auntie Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. Well, actually, my name is Samantha, but I just like Sam. My favorite colors are pink and purple, and I was born on October 14th. My favorite holiday is Christmas, and I really like chicken nuggets. I also have two brothers, Will and Randy. I'm not exactly like Will and Randy, though. They can walk, and I use a wheelchair. I was born with cerebral palsy. That, that's a scary word for a not-so-scary-sounding thing. CP, cerebral palsy has a nickname. CP, that's a much easier thing to say. When I was born, I was born too soon. My birthday is in October, but the doctors had planned for me in January. That's three months too soon. Why was I born so early, you might ask? 
The part of my mommy that was keeping me breathing separated from inside her. The doctors had to move fast. I weighed two pounds when I was born. That's as much as a pineapple or a pair of shoes. Teddy bears were bigger than me. I had to stay in the hospital for a little while until I grew bigger. But I made it home in time for my first Christmas. My mom and dad told me I wasn't an easy baby. I cried a lot. And one day, my older brother, Will, even tried to poke me with a fork so I would be quiet. (laughs) He denies that fiercely. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) My big brother helped my mom and dad to realize that I was a little different. I didn't do things like other babies, so off to the doctor we went. It would be the first of hundreds of doctor's appointments in my life. So doctors figured out that I have CP using some kind of test. What this means is that when I was born, I couldn't breathe and hurt my brain. The parts of my brain that helped my legs move got damaged because I couldn't breathe. I can't walk like everyone else, so I use a wheelchair. To go to kindergarten with all the other kids, it meant lots and lots of doctor visits. No one believed my mom that just because my legs didn't work, like everyone else's, didn't mean that I wasn't smart. After a bunch of doctors said I could go, I finally got to go to school with all the other kids. I was so excited to ride the school bus. I was so tiny that I had to ride in a car seat on the bus. On the first day of school, I met Janet. My mom had picked Janet, especially for me, to take care of me in school. Most of my classmates thought Janet was my mom. Fun fact, Janet is also now my godmother. Oh, that's so cute. Yes, we have matching tattoos. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I also made my very first friend on the first day of school. His name is Eddie. And we're still friends as adults. But in kindergarten, he was just a kid with big ears. That was also the year I got my very first wheelchair. Before that, I mostly used a stroller and went wherever someone wanted to put me. My mom wasn't interested in getting me a wheelchair. She was content to keep me in the stroller as long as possible. It wasn't until my mom's sister, my Aunt Lori, introduced me to her friend, Eddie, that things changed. Aunt Lori's friend, Eddie, is also in a wheelchair. He was the first person in a wheelchair I had ever met. He explained to my mom the importance of having my own wheelchair. Eddie stressed to my mom that she wouldn't like it if someone put her in a corner and only moved her when they wanted to. So why would she want that for me? Thankfully, my mom agreed and started the process to get a new chair. When asked where they were off to for the evening, my Eddie, Eddie said he and Aunt Lori were going dancing. That moment was magical for me. As a young girl who had never met anyone in a wheelchair, it showed me that I shouldn't be, I shouldn't let being a little different slow me down. As my mom has instilled in me as long as I can remember, can't isn't a word and all things are possible. So hi, my name is Sam and I have cerebral palsy and that's totally okay. I wouldn't want to be anyone but me. And then in the acknowledgments, it thanks my cousin who illustrated the book 
and all of my supporters. So thank you everyone who listens to this as well. That was, okay, first of all, (laughs) I loved it so much because when I was a little boy with CP, I didn't have anything like that to read. And there was nothing that centered my experience as like a young, can there be, can it turn into like the adventures of Sam? Can there be? Yes, it's in the works. There needs to be a series because I think what you've done is, and I mean, there are parts of that. I think when we become adults, we kind of realize, yes, like as we get as we get older, like you know, can't there are things you can't do, and that's okay too. But like, yes, for kids, right? For kids, right now, that yes. kind of narrative of saying like you can be young and do anything. I think when mm-hmm. you're a young disabled kid, you need that. You really yes. need that. See, yeah, that's that was my intent with writing the book, is that this is the book five-year-old Sam needed. Um, it's the book that 37-year-old Andrew needed right now. So, I mean, that's great. I mean, you can you should get it and like or shit. I can even send you a signed copy if you want. I mean, hey, if you want to send me a signed copy. That'd be awesome, but I can also totally support you. Let me know. Which it's way fine. Works. I don't. I don't mind. I have plenty. Uh, yeah, please send me one. I'll give you my address off the air. But the, but yeah. So it was such such a sweet sweet book, and I think you know I love and the, the illustrations are all very cute. They were all done by my wonderful cousin Tessa, who is a freelance illustrator who is also disabled. Amazing. So it's really like a super, like a super disability yes. project of love. It is definitely really. a project of love. This is our child um, that we created, not in my, not in nine months, but three. And and what kind of press from the book have you? Um, I've been in like local magazines. Um, I was on the news. Um, cool. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of like who else I can we can get it to. So you just heard a live reading on this show. So yes, I've done a live reading. Um, I have my own like author Facebook page, so I did like a live reading and a Q and A there. Um, so yeah. When you were when you were figuring out the way the story was going to go and and how to talk to kids about disability, what was it? What was your goal there, and how did you want to? <laughs> frame disability for them so they could understand my goal was to make it as easy to understand as possible but without watering it down to what we tell people now is everyone's a little different and that's okay because that's the narrative most thing most parents will project to their children is people are different and that's okay well okay you need to know why i'm different and why that's okay yeah yeah. Now you mentioned in your description and intro uh, intro of you that you are a light skinned black person with disability. Now yes. I think it's important that we uplift the voices of black disabled people because mm-hmm. we're not doing that enough. And I am super white, so I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm I'm super white, kind of. <laughs> I'm o- I'm only twenty five percent black. My dad is half black. My mom, God rest her soul, was a white woman. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't know your mom had it's passed. It's fine. Um, yeah, she she passed away when I was 17 from breast cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, 
what was your relationship like with your mom? Um, it was wonderful and I missed her every day. She was my primary caregiver. Um, she didn't have a job. I was her job. So she I handled mean. all of my care, all of my schooling because she was really a champion for my inclusion. Um, I was one of the first disabled children to go through our district. Um, wow, that's up, cool. Yeah, I grew up in a really small town. Um, like our junior high school didn't have elevators until oh. the year before I got there. <laughs> so you're the reason I got elevators? Yeah. Cool. That's kind of awesome. Um, yeah. You mentioned that your mom really instilled in you certain things. Like, can you she, tell me a little really bit? She really did. Um, basically, that you can do whatever you set your mind to, and um, that's a message that kind of comes from both of my moms. I regard my godmother Janet, who was my first one-on-one, as my mother too. I don't refer to her as Janet; I call her mommy. Um, because awesome. my birth mom and Janet, as my mom was transitioning out of this life, kind of had they had to sit down and my mom handed the baton of sorts over and was like take care of samantha what was it like there's so many things to unpack there there's so yes. i have so many more so many more like oh my god i want to ask this i want to ask yeah go ahead go ahead you can talk about whatever what you was want. it like what was it like to have your primary when you met janet your primary caregiver and you mentioned her yes. in the story what was your like um, I loved her instantly. How they had us meet for her to be my one-to-one in school was they brought me in the day before school happened. I was like four. Um, and we played. She played with me. And we just hung out. And here we are 21 years later. And I, if you ask her, I'm not like her. I wasn't her job. I'm her kid. Oh, I like that so much. Like, And so did it feel... Because I know when I had carers in school, like it, there was very yeah. much a boundary of like, I'm your carer and you are my. I'm, no, I, I always have been very close to all of my carers. Um, I only had Janet for a couple of years before she decided to leave the school system and then pursue other avenues. But we kept in touch. Um, and, that, and eight years ago, that, she kind of picked up the mother role. No one anticipated her to. That's awesome. Then that's uh, again. I would never think. Well, that's not true. The the guy that I had as my care yeah. throughout high school, we got really close. Yeah, and, and I'm still really was, close to my high school care as well. Um, her name's Anne. She bought one of my books, and I signed it for her. And that's awesome. No, the guy that I had, and I'm gonna have him on the show eventually. I just have to remember to do it. But um, but we, I was 14, and I was shy, and I was awkward, yeah. and he, he let me just be a kid and he let me just yeah try i don't think people really me... understand how close people have to be to their cares especially like, when you're girl when you're when you're like a kid and you're growing up and yeah. and you're growing up and they're helping you it's like you totally different but i agree with you i don't think people get the emotional level of trust like even now i'm 25 and a lot of my staff in my house I'm very close to because I'm with them 16 hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the kind of the living situation you have right now. In, in um, so I live 
um, in a group home run by an agency in upstate New York. I won't say their names. I don't know if that's okay with them. But um, so, yeah, and my house is technically the medically frail house only because it was the only option in the area. I live in a very dual community. Um, so most, I'm the youngest resident in the house. Um, our oldest is in his 70s and it ranges anywhere from 60s, 70s to me. Cool. cool. Um, and they're all nonverbal with the exception of me. Um, and just, you know, some people have called akin to a nursing home, but it's it's not. Like, this is my house. It looks like a house. It doesn't look like an institution. Yeah, well, that, first of all, that's good. That's awesome, and that's how yeah. it should be. But I'm curious, because when we hear group home, as yeah. a disabled person, like, it's, it's, it's congregate care, right? So I'm wondering. Yeah, congreg- congregate care, yeah. So there's I'm wondering, 10 of us like, that live here. Um, we all have our own room. Like, I'm wondering why, because where I live, I have supported care, so they come into my yeah. house when I need them to, but I have my own apartment. So I'm wondering, like, was was the is the care system different there where the group home was the best option for you? or is... At the time, yes, because I was an emergency placement. Um, I came from a really difficult home setting. It was just really hard on my dad to um, become my primary caregiver after my mom died. And then juggle the whole single parent thing with my little brother and and your candies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there a part of you that are you? Would you is moving into your own apartment something you wanted? Yes, or is just um, kind of- yes. But the tricky part is I would like to stay close to my family, and um, there aren't a ton of options because we live in a small community. So I I might eventually have to leave the county I've lived in my entire life. Which I don't mind. Um, it's hard, I, but also the—I mean, it is hard. I get it. I understand totally. But I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy also that you've been able to build a community there yeah. with the other people that live here. What are those relationships with the other people like? Um, I mean, I love them all in their own special way. Even if they don't offer much conversation, I have a fondness for all of them. Um. You know, I've, I've lived here for five years, so I moved in when I was 20, turning 21, um, which is unheard of for this agency. You don't move into residential until you're 21. Yeah. Um, does it upset you that the system doesn't have more, like, supported living Little, units? Like, um, like, I wish there were more options and... Um, I recently started dating a new partner, so we're looking into moving closer together in the future because right now we're three hours apart. And so, and yeah, I mean, there, there's a question. What is, what is the, what is it like to date somebody while living in a group home? Um, I'll tell you in a second once that buzzer stops. Um. So dating in a group home, I had my first real experience with that this past weekend. Oh, um, cool. So like two days ago? Like yesterday? Yeah. yeah um, Mateo, hi, baby, because I know you're going to listen to this. You texted me a little while ago. Um, 
Um, but yeah, so like two days ago, uh, we had planned to go out on our every two week date. Every two weeks, he drives from um, Binghamton, which is like three hours west of me, um, to down by me, and then we go get food or whatever. <laughs> so at my house, you have to let them know when you're leaving. So we were discussing what we were going to do for the day. And I was like, well, guys, I have plans. And my assistant managers just kind of paused and looked at me. They're like, okay, plans with who? And I was like, a person? <laughs> and they were like, male or female? And I was like, a dude? And they're like, and also, oh. Like, it's really? 2021. And like, yeah. Nobody has... Nobody has um, to be binary now because it's 2021. So like <laughs> saying male or female feels weird, but okay. Yeah. 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 I, that's, I was kind of caught off too because um, my, my partner is FTM. Um, so oh, I so was like. Mean, so it's extra weird of them being like yeah. male or female. And you're like, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> yeah. I was like. And they're like, what, what's his name? And I was like, Mateo. So they're just giving me a third degree, like, in the kitchen on a Saturday morning. I'm trying to leave by, like, noon. Um, and they're like, the thing that caught me off guard was, they were like, is this a random hookup or have you met him before? And I was like, no, we've met. We've been talking since October. But what would it matter if it was a random hookup? Like, I don't know, like. I, like, I so what? Kind of, yeah, like I think they were just being a little invasive. Do you do you feel like your privacy, like do you feel like your privacy is often invaded upon in there? Do you feel like you have privacy there? Um, to a degree, not really. I mean, these people see me naked more often than anyone has ever seen me naked. I know that feeling very much. Yep, been there. Uh, do you want? How do how do you feel about privacy? Like. I know for a lot of us with disabilities, like we get we get used to like not having it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any. I ha- like I have developed like no sense of shame. Um, Good. So Saturday was our first venture alone together because usually we we hang out with people in groups. But he came and got me, and it was our first outing together. So obviously that means he has to do my toileting. Yeah. And funny story, I, I actually tweeted about this um, the Saturday night when I came home. So we went to the mall because we had an hour to kill before a reservation. So I was like, let's go walk around the mall. Um, so I was like, I have to pee. And I'm standing out, well, yeah, standing, we'll say outside the women's room. And a thought dawned on me. I was like, baby, are you okay with coming in the women's room with me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. You have to pee. Go ahead. So we get in there, and the sole handicap stall is taken by an able-bodied woman who is loudly having a conversation on speakerphone. Oh no, no, <laughs> my brain, my brain is going to maybe she has invisible disabilities, but I also know that she doesn't. So it's like no. Um, so we get we gave it a minute, and then Mateo, my partner, he knocked. And she very rudely was like, someone is in here. And so we waited another minute and I'm visibly uncomfortable at this point because I don't know about you, but yeah. when I, I have to pee, my spasms get worse. 
Oh yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yep. Um, so I'm just super uncomfortable at this point and he's trying to figure out what to do. So I don't like pee on myself because we didn't bring extra stuff. Um, side note, always bring extra stuff when you go out. Always this yeah. Mm-hmm. Always bring extra things. Always, always, a hundred percent, always. Um, so he's like, when we go out. It's like when we go out. It's like when you know those scenes in movies where they have a baby and they have to bring everything. That's uh-huh. what it's like when you go anywhere with a wheelchair user or anybody with a disability. You yep. bring bags and bags of all your stuff just in case maybe something yeah. goes down. Yeah, he was like, I didn't know what to do. Like we were in a ball, so I would gotten you something if something happened. Um, so eventually, I take matters into my own hands because I am that bitch. I knock on the door real loud and then very loudly announce hi someone with an actual disability needs to use this stall (laughs) and she came out moments later and gave me the side eye she gave you the side eye okay i have feelings about that i don't (laughs) like it it's not nice like i'm sorry i interrupted your conversation honey and your dress that looked like a shirt but all right it's moments like that that make me really frustrated because my job as an educator has been to want to educate non-disabled people on like you know disability Mm -hmm. and i love doing that i love giving them pointers but when they treat us like shit it's like oh no you don't get to do that and my poor boyfriend was such a trooper about it he's just trying to figure out how to make it the most comfortable for me um he's never had had a not how to not offend her enough, how to like yeah. get her out of there so you guys could be alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, He's a good. Um, and did you he, get any pee on yourself? No, I, I, I went to the bathroom. I did not pee on myself. We were okay. We avoided that crisis. Because I was with the dude once and we were making out and we were doing the things and I might have peed on him. I might have done it. It might have happened. Uh, so <laughs> I know I know what it's like when you're like, oh God, sorry. Was prepared to have that moment where I was gonna be like, Oh my god, no, my oh my god moment was he was putting me back in the car and he couldn't get me in the car. We had no. to try like four times, he couldn't lift my butt up into the seat enough so I could bring my legs in. And he's like huffing and puffing, and I felt so bad. I was like, He's gonna have to leave me here, we're gonna be stuck here. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's I've been there, my friend. My friend and I went to a wedding years ago. Yeah. And somehow we got in and out of the car, but I don't know how we did it without me falling down for sure. Like, <laughs> and I'm old now, so I couldn't do it now, but 15 But years yeah, ago, transfer struggles are a thing. And I thought old. he was going to have to leave me like at the mall. <laughs> I mean, do they have like ADA buses that could take you? The- um, not that would go back to where I live. I live like an hour away from anything good. Oh no. So you're basically in Canada, is what you're saying. You're basically close to Canada? Um, okay, so like five I'm like five hours from Canada. Okay, so you're not that you're really in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Wow. Um well, like, well, I mean, like do you know where Albany, New York is by any chance? Like yeah, the capital yes, of the state? Do, yes. yes. Okay, so I'm like forty five minutes. Um we go. We go, we go south. Albany is um, north of us. Okay. Okay. All right. So you're like right 
You're right in the middle. You're right in the capital of the, of the state almost, basically. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, what other questions did I have for you? You wanted to see. talk about group home stuff. Yeah. Tell me more about like tell me more about well, we kind of talked about privacy already. We sort of did that. Yeah. I tell have more the bottom line. About your experience of like being in a group home and tell me something that maybe somebody who doesn't understand group home life um, would want would need to know. Um, so what you need to know is it's busy around here all the time. Like you're gonna hear weird noises and I'm sorry and you're just gonna have to deal with it. And it's a thing. The loud noises are a thing. Yes, loud noises are a thing. I I'm a pro at sleeping through anything. Well, that is I am not. I wake up at any any like little like noise and like what what's happening? What's happening? So it's good that you know how to just sleep through all that. Well, um, there's random screaming throughout the night and buzzers and staff walking up and down the hall and like one of the things that I feel about living alone, and I don't it's not the same as like living in a group home, but yeah. I remember, you know, I would I would feel a like comfort in knowing that somebody is right there all the time because Yeah, it, it is nice. That when I need things at like 3 a.m., I could just push a button on my phone and it calls the front desk. Yeah. And someone runs to my room. Um, how do you feel about, like, you know, is there a lot of help with the bathroom because it's a group home? I'm self-toileting, but, um, so for the most part, no, but on the occasion where, you know, you have a CP issue and you pee at yourself, you need yeah. help. I've been there. Or, um, yeah, or when your legs don't work, like mine didn't work yesterday, and I was in the middle of a transport, and my legs were like, we don't want to stand anymore, so fall down. <laughs> oh, no. Do you feel, now, you mentioned earlier about privacy, trying to go on the date with your BF. Um, do you feel like you might have to sit with him and be like, yo, I'm 25, let me have my privacy, thank you? Um, I don't think so, because, like, I just, I came home, and I was like, so I had fun, and, like, they were like, do you have a nice time? And like, yeah, I was like, yeah. And we just kind of left it at that. Like, I think they just wanted to know where I'm going for the day and all that stuff. But like, like, I don't think they were intentionally being do you feel? I think they no, just no, wanted no, but to do you know, feel like, like you, where I was like, what to. if you want to go somewhere? Do you feel like you, do you feel like you have to be super forthcoming? Like, what if you want to keep it a secret? What if you don't want to tell the world? Um, you kind of have to be super forthcoming because there's paperwork and stuff. See, that's the part I don't like because other, like, other humans wouldn't have to even blink about that. They can go and whatever. Yeah. And I don't like how we're policed that way. But I, I also understand, like, I understand from their myopic yeah. view of what care is that why they have to mm-hmm. but as a as a disabled person i'm like no you don't get to do that um yeah i'm not a fan either um i'm pretty impressed with myself though that i kept our relationship a secret for six months good for you <laughs> but it sucks that disabled people have to keep their relationship secret just to have them fucking mm-hmm. fuck. um i have feelings about that uh but one of the <laughs> things you said in your in your in one of the questions that I wrote down, because I was curious, you said that you feel like a high-functioning disabled person. Yeah. And I immediately kind of like, I, I got drawn into that language because when we hear 
high functioning and low functioning people people are really it's a controversial thing to talk about high functioning and low functioning is it is it am i controversial i didn't know i mean apparently because when i looked up the, the people talking about high functioning and low functioning people were like whoa don't say those things so i'm <laughs> but curious like, but, what are you like, supposed to call it i guess just disabled like but like there's just, levels to this shit i mean you are right there are levels but i mean i think i do i think i do think we should like find labels that are that still that still give people their humanity and i feel like people are just Concerned that some of the ways that able-bodied people use the word high functioning can be true, or like, oh, you're low functioning, which means we don't think you're smart enough to exist. Like, yeah. And sadly, how do you feel about people with cerebral palsy? They immediately go to low functioning invalid drooling in a corner. Yep. And I mean, I have friends with CP who drool, and they're smart as fuck, and they can write a dissertation under the table and they know how to do other things. And so it's like this idea of high functioning and low functioning. So I wonder, I just wondered from you, like yeah. what does high functioning mean for you? And like, why did it, why does it feel like a term you, you want to use? Um, I don't know, high functioning to me, or at least the way I've understood it is like, I'm very close to normal, like normal and I'm putting air quotes, but you can't see, that. well, Andrew can see that, but. Air quotes are happening, they're happening, it's happening. <laughs> So I feel like high functioning, as we typically understand it, is I'm pretty close to normal. Like I can talk, um, feed myself, things of that nature. Um, interesting thing about the talking, though, my boyfriend stands by the fact that I have an accent of some kind. Oh yeah, of you my do. Cerebral palsy. But no, I don't hear a CP accent. I just hear New York. He was like, "You have a CP accent." I'm like, "What does that mean?" And that's not a thing. No, I mean, I not not really. I mean, I have CP. I'm not hearing the CP accent from you. I'm hearing New York, and maybe a little bit of the spasm in your voice, but like that's, maybe, but like yeah, okay. we have a conversation about that a lot. He'll be like, "You have CP accent." I'm like, "I don't know what that means." I don't know what it means either, and I have CP. I mean, I mean, I have friends with like with like CP who have speech impediments who like you know voices are a bit deeper yeah and it takes a minute to understand them better but i don't hear i would love for him to tell you what it means he's like a thing the way he described it if he's at work if he wasn't at work right now i'd call him but um he said he tried to explain it as like the thing with my brain somehow affects my speech and apparently he can hear it on some words which he has not told me what words I say that well that's not very nice I want to know what words they are um I don't hear a CPX and I hear New York that's what I hear okay. well good I to hear know like upstate New York I hear like you know let's say coffee for me coffee yeah see there it is coffee, coffee. yeah New York it's New York coffee Talk. Yeah. Dog. Talk. Water. 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 No, you. I almost went into Boston there. Anyway, <laughs> I'm out of all. I'm out of the questions. I think we. This is an awesome interview, and I had so much fun. Was there any other piece of things that we didn't talk about that you want to touch on that we didn't? Not in particular. Um, y'all should just buy the book. It's it's pretty cool. And and just so people can get a hold of you and follow you, um, what are all the places they can follow you and how do they buy the book? 
Okay, you can buy the book on Amazon. Um, just throw in Hi, I'm Sam into your Amazon search thingy. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I have two. So if you want to follow me on my personal account, it's at Sam Van Alstyne. Or um, my author account is at author Samantha Van Alstyne. And then my Twitter is at Van Alstyne Sam. Or if you want to check out my website, samvanalstyne.com. And I'm, I'll make sure all those things are in the show notes so that nobody has to like to try to do all the work themselves. I'll do it for yeah, you. So, so they don't have to try to spell my last name. It's hard. It's not that hard, really. Uh, but no, I had fun. And I this had is fun. So, great. so nice meeting you. Thank Such you a pleasure. for having me. Anytime. And you and I will talk again very soon. I had a lot of fun. Thanks so yes, much for coming Yes, I had today. a lot of fun. It was great, Sam. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark. From me, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at AndrewGerza underscore, or you can follow my website, www.andrewgerza.com, to find out more about what I do. And of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. Or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021